Welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig, and we are here to bring you Michigan football each and every week. Uh, here we are. We're kind of in the one of the slower parts of the offseason, um, a little while before the National Signing Day, but plenty kind of going on. We're actually going to be doing this episode to refresh everyone on all the coaching changes that actually happened this year, quite a few uh, directly related to Michigan, and some just going on here in the Big Ten to keep people aware and on the up and up of what is going on with the coaches. But before we go and dive in completely on this, Craig. Yeah. How much do you miss trivia time? I don't miss trivia at all, dude. You know that. I hate trivia. I know. You put me under the gun. You put me under the gun. You play that stupid song. I get nervous. I get sweaty. Yeah, but you should should get excited. We're talking Michigan football, and the football season's over with, but there's always plenty to talk about. And what better to talk about? Get that trusty book. Yes, I do. I have have that trusty (laughs) book right here. Oh, God. Well, if you guys don't know, uh, Caleb's got this pretty cool uh, history of Michigan football book, uh, trivia and everything. And once in a while, he'll pull out a trivia question he gives to me, and I have no clue. So i got to get this book. And I'm sure he'll peddle it and say, hey, you need to get this book. So I'm sure we all need to get this book so at least we know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, well, it's important, right? We oh, need yeah. to know our Michigan football. Yes, and this is this one's actually about all Michigan sports, but I went through and highlighted all the Michigan football questions. So this one's kind of a two-part question, and so I'm pretty sure you're going to get at least half of it right, so if that makes you feel any okay. better. So trivia time. Two Michigan running backs have run for over 300 yards in a single game. The years were 1968 and 1995. Can you name those players? All right, what is it? Two Michigan running backs have run for over 300 yards in a single game. Yeah, it was in 1968 and 1995. Can you name the players? Oh, 1995. Actually, you know what? I know that one. You know why? Because he's actually one of my favorite running backs in Michigan history. Nice. It really, he really is. Because you know why? His name he wasn't. He didn't play for Michigan very long, and he wasn't very good in the NFL. I think he played for the Panthers. I forget what team he played for after that. But uh, yeah, he and his name that. is really hard to say. I'd say Biakabatuka is one of them, right? Yep, you're right. Okay. You you almost have to love the guy just because of his name. Oh well, he well tell you, I tell you what, Caleb. When I watched him, uh, he was phenomenal. I mean, he was a bulldog. He reminded me of Devion Smith, but he had a lot more quickness and he he saw the holes that were created and he could just bust through. He single handedly just absolutely destroyed Ohio State, yeah. uh, himself. But yeah. yeah, I remember that game pretty well. And man, he was amazing. So. Yeah, he was one of those running backs that was like uh, had a beast mode before it was yeah. like so popular across the board. Like the, back when he was running, there weren't a lot of running backs like him. Now you see a lot, kind of, because you get yeah. such big players. And so he was like uh, one in a million back then. So he was an awesome yeah. to have. So anybody listening to this um, podcast would just say he he was similar. He had a lot similar stature and build to. Uh, 
Vivian Smith is. I mean, kind of big, kind of like A-Train, kind of a similar style, big, sick legs. I also was going to say Ty- Wheatley because they're all kind of in the same area. But, um, yeah, uh, too was actually one of my favorite running backs. So, hey, you know, when I actually go to a Michigan game, I still see Tim's jersey. So I might, I might have to get one of those. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad one to have. Yeah. All right, and the other one is in the 60s. Yeah, this one one I knew I was stretching. I I figured you'd get, you know, 50% on this one. But this one, honestly, you know, I would – I've heard the name, but to be able to pull it out and for – to answer this question, I probably wouldn't be able to do it myself. But it's it's a two-part question, so I had to ask the whole thing. I guess I could have altered it just so it was about Tim Beal. Well, I I can't figure out his name but i know it was like a he i think he had a name that was kind of like um like a common it was a common name it wasn't like something like it wasn't like that it was like a common name that that's all i know but last time i heard it was just somebody named you know a name that you would just forget yeah you would never remember it would just be like biaka you're never gonna forget that name oh yeah you know, this guy, you're just gonna, you know, well, it's kind of running for that much. It's not exactly like, but I will never, ever, ever forget the name Haha ha Clinton Dix. Yeah, there are exactly. just there are just some <laughs> names that you're not gonna forget. So, right, but right. Uh, yeah, this one is kind of for, more on the forgettable side. His name was Ron Johnson. So, oh, see, yeah, yeah Johnson, yeah, yeah you were right. Common, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, well, what did he run? Uh, they they don't have the specific stats or even I was kind of hoping that they would have what game uh, who they played against when they got those but they don't so that's a little bit of a bummer but we brought I think that's the first time yeah the first time doing trivia time in 2016 it's a special moment you'll always remember this and then you know some of you younger you know guys obviously there's a young we have a you know, quite a bit of young people that listen to our podcast and are on Twitter. They were too young to watch Biak Batuka, but if you can watch him, go on YouTube, look at some of his video now that we have it, YouTube, and just watch him run, and you're going to just be floored by, well, one, the offensive line we had, and just him running, and a bulldozer. He was oh, yeah. just absolutely ran with fire and he was amazing he was absolutely amazing so. yeah well he looked even bigger than he would now because that's back when they had the bigger pads too yeah so oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he looked he looked huge i mean he was i mean he was big as it was but those pads also just yeah. made him look ginormous yeah. so but yeah we'll actually go ahead and before we get into our coach conversations we'll go ahead and mention one of the blogs that we work with uofmdiehards.com they always have content going up on their site the newest information about michigan sports mostly uh football and basketball right now obviously as recruiting is uh closing in and the basketball season is in full swing in the big 10 season play so you can check them out they are on instagram facebook and uh, you can always check them out on twitter at uofmdiehards their blog is uofmdiehards.com. Go ahead and check them out today and keep up on all things Michigan. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and go right into the coaching changes. I did a bit of the research for this one, and actually when I sent you my notes, Craig, I know that you were kind of uh, shocked when you realized how long the list was. And honestly, this list may not be 100% complete. We focus mostly on 
obviously head coaching positions, but then the main positions like defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and I think we've got a couple of special teams coaches in here as well. But yeah, a lot kind of went down with the uh, Big Ten this year moving around coaches and actually coaches within the Big Ten moving around as we well know about. But uh, I've got a little bit of uh, outline here that we're going to go ahead and use and we're going to finish, wrap it all up with the uh, Michigan coaching staff. But we'll go ahead and start off with the Illinois Fighting Illini and uh, the head coach, if those of you who didn't know their previous head coach, I don't have their name, uh, his name with me right now, but he got let go. It was right before the season started, wasn't it? Someone down yeah. and he got let go. And so they had an interim coach that was actually their offensive coordinator, Bill Cubitt. And they actually uh, kept him on as their head coach uh, in their head coach position. And uh, then he went ahead and made a few coaching changes. Uh, No big names, nothing really um, surprising here because I believe everyone was actually already associated with the team. They actually had co-defensive coordinators and one left, so they named the defensive coordinator that remained with the team, and he is now the lead defensive coordinator. His name's Mike Fair. Uh, That's P-H-A-I-R. And then the offensive coordinator position that was vacated by Bill Cubitt was actually filled by Ryan Cubitt, his son. So no big changes there. I sometimes find it a little bit surprising when you have those smaller school. Well, I guess I don't know if I would say smaller schools, but when you have those schools that are kind of struggling that they don't, Maybe they did, but I didn't see a lot of attempt on their part to try to get out and get somebody a bigger name, somebody with more experience from another school, maybe. Yeah, they probably could have got somebody. Yeah, it's tough to say. You well, know, I, maybe they could have got somebody a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Like you said, experience. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with these ones, especially the schools that kind of that aren't uh, at the top of people's list, but like Illinois could have maybe landed. Uh, good offense or defensive coordinator somewhere from maybe the yeah. Big 12 or the ACC and giving them a shot at being a head coach, kind of one of those things. But, I mean, they uh, they suck with the guy that they got, and, and that could possibly just help with keeping recruits and uh, keeping the players that they currently have. So nothing too splashy with that one. So then actually uh, moving to another team in the Big Ten, Minnesota. Uh, we played them this year. It was actually – uh, right after their coaching change happened, uh, it wasn't permanent at the time, but many of you remember their coach, Jerry Kill, had to retire due to uh, health and medical reasons, and it was leading into the Michigan-Minnesota game, and so they promoted their defensive coordinator to be the interim coach, and they actually then signed him as the head coach. I can't specifically remember the time frame, I want to say it was before their bowl game. Do you happen to remember? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, that's when they got, yeah. Well, he had to uh, retire because of health reasons. But. Well, did they did they sign uh, Tracy Clays as the Clays. head coach? Yeah. Was it before the um, bowl game? You know what? I Gosh, that's tough to say. I, I, I don't know if it was like he was interim. Do you? Do you know if he was interim before he, he yeah, they, they took some time. I remember that because they took a little bit of time because I was actually kind of curious if they were going to get somebody else. Um, so I do remember right. that there was at, at least a couple weeks. I want to say they finished the season 
And so either it was between the end of the season and the bowl game or directly after the bowl game that they did it. But um, they went ahead and stayed with their, uh, who was their previously uh, defensive coordinator, Tracy Clays. Um, like we've mentioned before, they really, Minnesota really seems to be a family oriented school playing it close to the yeah. chest. So uh, they kept him uh, as their head coach then after that short interim period for him. Um, but if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I did a lot of research with this. I could not find any information on them actually hiring to replace him as defensive coordinator. I think they may have done and created some co-defensive coordinator positions from coaches right. that were already there. So I don't think they officially filled his vacated position. But um, yeah. they did make yeah, a... That was back in October, I think around... That was before uh, Halloween Yeah, is when... Uh, when uh, Kill had um, stepped down, so yeah, I do remember that. That so that was a while yeah. back. So this is gonna be you're gonna be hearing information from all across the entire season because, like we said, Illinois was right before the season started, and here we go, Minnesota yeah. talking about October. But um, he did make a hire for the uh, offensive coordinator, and he actually picked up uh, the offensive coordinator from Louisiana Lafayette. And uh, Jay Johnson, haven't heard a lot about him. Um, I believe that the information was that he's worked or been associated with uh, Tracy Clays before, if I'm not mistaken. So there is a little bit more change there other than the head coaching position. Um, This one, what was your kind of reaction to this when they kept Tracy Clays? Um. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I thought he would be the interim, and then of course I thought he would just stay on as you know his other, and then they'd find somebody else. You know, I thought maybe somebody they'd find somebody like somebody who's actually taken a program in a lesser school and then done really well. Like let's say you take somebody like Bowling Green, who's actually done you know really good, really good, or Houston coach. Yeah. And you take somebody like that who grows, you know, like that coach could go from what Houston to minnesota and then actually could move that to, you know move up that way but i don't know i i wasn't exactly sure he would but i think when time went on i think they just didn't have anybody else you know or a big name that they're going to get so and they stuck with him. so yeah well they i mean that was the thing too I thought that, he was pretty good though yeah he, he did a good job though he did a pretty good job they won their bowl game um mm-hmm. and i do know that they did announce that he was going to stay on and be hired as the head coach relatively early on before a lot of people started getting snatched up for coaches. And um, so that did kind of surprise me. The thing the thing about Minnesota that we've always said is that Minnesota's a good program, a good team. They, they, they're competitive. Yeah. They're going to win some games. And they've had really good athletes, actually, in the recent years. So it did kind of surprise me that they didn't, with Harbaugh, D'Antonio, and Urban Meyer, and then um, some of the other names that are in the Big Ten that they didn't look at it thinking of really trying to compete for the Big Ten. Um, yeah. They really... I remember Clay's, yeah, I remember Clay's when he got into coaching, when they issued that he was head coach, that they're going to take the interim off his uh, tag take that off and say he is the head coach. I remember when he did that. As soon as they did that, he like fired like two <laughs> co- 
coaches. I, I think the quarterbacks coach and uh, you know some. Yeah, I think another offensive coordinator that he fired him. <laughs> wow, he's cleaning house. Yeah. Soon, yeah. Soon as he became head coach, he fired two of those guys. So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of just surprised me because, like I said, it, it's it kind of makes me feel like they're not looking at competing for the Big Ten. I mean, they're always going to be. They're always going to say that. But if you're really serious about it, especially at a time like now, and since they had time to think and search for a coach, I would have thought that they maybe would have taken the opportunity. But they didn't. I mean, and I think Tracy Clays is not a bad option. I just think that if you're serious about uh, competing against some of the coaches that are in the Big Ten right now, you might have to step it up a little bit more than that. But, hey, he could prove us wrong. So, yeah. Well, Minnesota's like a team that, you know, I think we've, we've always talked about where we're talking about the first tier of Big Ten, second tier, third tier. And, you know, they're kind of second, third tier team. You know, you got, you know, maybe they're there with Northwestern yeah. kind of teams. But then you got, you know, you got your Michigan State, you got your Ohio State, you got your Michigan, and then I'd say, what, Wisconsin right yeah. there and possibly in Nebraska. Those guys are always we're always going to be jockeying yeah. for the Big Ten, and yeah. then you got the other team that I call them the shake things up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Iowa, if they could be consistent, would be that. Uh, yeah, yeah, in that first go, tier. Iowa, yeah. Yep. They were in the first yep. tier definitely this year, but they're kind of. I mean, they were definitely in the second tier for the previous couple of years there. But um, yeah. next school, we'll go ahead and, and talk about some of their coaching changes. Uh, Penn State. Which I wouldn't necessarily call it turmoil, I guess, but they really got some unexpected hits as uh, their coaches left. Um, offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator both left. Um, yeah, I think it was the defensive went to Tennessee, um, and yep. I can't remember where the offensive coordinator went. But uh, the offensive coordinator left first, and um, Franklin hired the Fordham. Rams head coach Joe Moorhead to fill the offensive coordinator position. And I I had to do a little bit more searching in here because I just had to find out some more. But uh, if you don't know the Fordham uh, Rams, they are in the Patriot League. And mm-hmm. they've, they did pretty well, I guess, this year. I mean, they went 9-3, and 5-1 and one in their conference. Uh, they did kind of get... Uh, get it handed to them in their championship game against uh, Chattanooga. Uh, they lost 50-20. to 20. But uh, it, it'll be kind of interesting. It's one of those opportunities that they're going to be giving to a coach from uh, another league, so that could work out for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Penn State had all kinds of things going on with that program. Yeah. Uh, Franklin, you know, they hate, I think he, uh, we hired uh, t- uh, Blanks from um, – I think he was like co-defensive coordinator at Illinois or something like that. And and then I think Shoup was another guy who left Penn State that went to be defensive coordinator at Tennessee, So, yeah. which is a big step up. I mean, Tennessee's a great, obviously, great venue. They make a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of recruits coming in. They do well, so... But yeah, a lot of shakeup going on. Franklin's doing there, so we'll see if it works out. Yeah, I um, and to fill that defensive coordinator position, I think it was just not that long ago, actually, that this happened. Um, but no. they promoted no. um, 
because uh, I think it took uh, it took a little while for uh, Shoops to leave, and then it took a little bit for them to just go ahead and they promoted the co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Brent Pry to the official defensive coordinator position. So oh, okay, it was you know I mean. It's one thing looking at this because this is Penn State, you know, and Penn State yep. used to be first tier, like you were saying. Yeah. Penn oh, State yeah. used to be first oh, yeah. tier year in and year out. And, of course, everything happened with the NCAA uh, cracking down on them after all that whole mess happened. But, uh, but Bill O'Brien did all right kind of kept their heads up and everything and franklin came in i thought it was going to be a decent hire and it hasn't really worked out that way i it appears to be that maybe franklin is a better recruiter but not the best coach yeah i you know i agree kale i'm gonna piggyback off you he's done a pretty good job of recruiting i think they're top 15 in recruiting even top 10 maybe i'm not sure but they're really close but they're recruiting like good now we're talking about can you develop players and have them played well together, and that is the key. I'm not exactly sure if Franklin is the guy because of the very fact is you had Hackenberg who's who's been there what four years, three to four years, yeah, who is the NFL prospect number one or number two quarterback coming out of the draft, and he dropped like a rock. I don't even know if he's he, he might go in the third, fourth round, but he was first round. So it kind of tells you about maybe he's just not very good at player development. I don't know. Yeah. It's still still early, but yeah, it's kind of it kind of makes me think of especially with what you just said, but making me think of Hoke. How yeah. uh, you, you can recruit, but there's a lack of player development, and uh, Franklin appears to have a lack of game time management. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see maybe. Maybe his uh, new offensive coordinator will do better with that. Who knows? I've read a little bit up on it, and he apparently is very intense about getting the game plan at the beginning of the season. They were talking about, like, 18-hour days of just meetings on setting their playbooks and stuff at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if you get the right guys around you, I mean, recruiting might be the main thing that he just has to worry about, and then his coaches will take care of it. So, we'll... I guess we'll, well see. I think you made a great, great point, Caleb, when you're talking about the days of Joe Paterno. I mean, not only could the guy recruit, but incredible player development and great. He had, like you said, he was top tier Big Ten. Penn State was there always. And, yeah, like you said, they kind of dropped down over the past long, long. They've been, it's been a long time since they've been relevant. So, yeah. Yeah, even uh, even when Joe Pa was on his uh, way out and everything at the end of that whole thing, uh, they they were competitive, but they weren't on the same level as they used to be. But um, a small change here for the next school uh, will bring up Rutgers. They were, as we referred to them this year, kind of a little bit of a dumpster fire there. They actually got a new head coach. Uh, there may have been some other coaching changes around him. I didn't see if he did any major changes, but uh, the big big news was their head coach, and they hired actually from within the Big Ten, and they took the Ohio State defensive coordinator, Chris Ash, and he yeah. is now the head coach over at Rutgers. So he will be uh, in the 
same division as Ohio State competing against his former staff. I honestly think that can't do much worse, you know? No. With how well, th- things went with the Rutgers, <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you know, you can't, you can't do what you can with Rutgers. Yeah. You know, it's, and I say that. Uh, you're right. They're going to they're gonna need it. Yeah, and as I say that, and I brought this up before, I kind of wish that there was a trial period for schools because right now Rutgers would be on their way out because they're not only is their football team not doing well, but their basketball team just looks like trash. They're getting beat yeah, like, like by fifty points and things like that. <laughs> so the, yeah, they may have to pick what what where they want to spend their money in it—a football program or the basketball program. So yeah. to me, it seems like their best bet is probably the maybe the football program because some pretty good football players have come from there. So yeah, they might want to do that. Yeah, yeah. They I remember when they were pretty decent, and I can't remember who the coach was at the time. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, they had. They Rice had a, came from there. So. Yeah, yeah, they had a good run. But uh, yeah, but then uh, as we're getting into mix things up even more, uh, going to uh, Maryland, we'll talk about their coaching changes. They actually stole from Michigan here as they took uh, yeah. Michigan defensive coordinator DJ Jerkin away, and so st- staying in the same division, very similar to Chris Ash. Uh, he is going to be in the same division as Michigan as he took the uh, Terrapins head coaching job. And yeah. uh, he actually took one of uh, Michigan's possible targets for defensive coordinator then. I remember that now. Michigan had a yeah. list of a couple defensive coordinator people that they were looking for defensive coordinator. And uh, Scott Schaefer, who was uh, mm-hmm. let go as the Syracuse head coach, was uh, on Michigan's list, and then DJ Jerk and kind of swooped in, I guess you might say, and took him as his defensive coordinator. So I don't, I don't know if that was yeah. just because he knew Michigan had him on the list, and he, if Michigan's got him on the list, you know that he's going to be good or what. But that's kind of how things shook down with that. So uh, I mean, he he he's building a decent looking staff as he uh, also got an offensive coordinator uh, from Arkansas State their offensive coordinator walt bell so he's he's kind of reaching out all over the place and actually with them too they had a, another hire for what they're saying as the associate head coach and uh, mike london from uh formerly coaching at virginia who was uh the head coach yeah yeah the head coach down there bit of a change there and i'll go back to what i said before i before this all even went down, I was pretty certain that I didn't think DJ Durkin was going to leave after a year. I just thought... Well, that was the big thing, wasn't it? We were... we were That was all over Twitter. We were like, no, he's not going. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait, he's courting it. No, he's not. This isn't going to happen. Don't worry. <laughs> we, yeah. It was all over the place. No yeah. one knew. Supposedly he was having a meeting or something with someone, and then somebody's like, you know, he's with me right here. I don't know what you're talking about. And... It was, yeah, a, a, a lot of questions around it and everything. Yeah. Uh, but then he wound up taking the job. Uh, I don't hold him against him. It, it's probably going to be a good opportunity for him and everything. But it just kind of surprised me because it was after one year. And, frankly, with how good Michigan looked after one year, I think things are going to look great for Michigan for the next couple of years. So I thought that Durkin might stick around for one or two more years. But then yeah. – 
probably just the most surprising thing was that he's staying in the Big Ten and in the same division as Harbaugh. So, that was the one I went, no way he is going to do that, this deal. He'll probably get, you know, I could thought maybe he'd go somewhere else, but um, this is where, well, he's now directed. Not only is he doing that, he's got to compete with us and recruiting. So he's got to do all, he's got to pull all the stops to get him there. He's done actually a pretty good job of recruiting, I have to admit. There's been a couple guys that went, wow, those are pretty big names. You know, some four, a couple four star guys that went there. So, yeah, pretty good. I was a little surprised, um, but I did hear, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, that Ohio <laughs> took a couple of their recruits. So he's got, I mean, that's a thing. He's going to have tough competition. But um, yeah. stepping away from it, though, uh, not looking at it from the surprise of Durkin leaving Michigan and everything, but just looking at what Maryland needs for a coach, I think this was, I mean, I think they hit it out of the park. What we've oh, been talking about yeah. so far, I think that they really got something great. I mean, Rutgers may have uh, gotten some good stuff there with uh, Chris Ash from Ohio State, but I think that Maryland landing Durkin might be exactly what they need. I don't think that they're going to be competing for the Big Ten. Um, maybe if he's there for 10 years, maybe you know one year they're going to be there and something's going to happen and they're going to be going for the Big Ten, maybe something like that. But yeah. they are a offensive heavy team, and they hired a great defensive, previously defensive coordinator. So I think he's going to help balance the team. But also he's just like on fire. He is fueled up and ready to go. So I think he's right. really going to rejuvenate that program, and they're going to have uh, some decent seasons ahead of them. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of. Um... You know, offense, and obviously Durkin's a great defensive mind, but um, I think they're going to go with, like, maybe what they did before. They're just going to s- stick with that fast-paced um, offense going quick, fast, you know, and and in order to do that, you need uh, probably a more of a what spread offense, more of a read option quarterback that can run that pretty well so that's probably what they're going to do but they got a great defensive coordinator though you know they got a former Syracuse head coach like you were talking about that's not bad yeah yeah he did he did a good job I I think he was pretty smart in everything that he was doing so yeah but uh a vacancy then that was created by Rutgers uh Ohio had to fill their defensive coordinator position and this was kind of an interesting one because it's they labeled it not just as filling a defensive coordinator position, but they also labeled it as an associate head coach when they hired uh, Greg Schiano. Um, so this this is kind of interesting. I don't know. I saw some people say positive things about it. I saw some people say negative things. Uh, I also saw some Ohio <laughs> fans um, mocking Michigan because they thought Michigan was going to pick up Schiano. <laughs> and it turned around on them, and Ohio State picked up Shiano. So yeah, that really bit him in the butt, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Why I'm not. I'm really not sure what to make of this because I'm not sure either. Some people are excited about, it, some people aren't, and then labeled as associate head coach when all they needed was defensive coordinator. It's kind of weird. I can't remember. Um, I tried looking it up, but I, I didn't get it all down because uh, he was at Tampa Bay. He was at Rutgers back when uh, maybe he was even the head coach when they had their that really hot streak. 
um, back. Yeah, well, they had right. Yeah, that Rice is your their running back. So yeah, so he hasn't had a lot of uh, great press around him recently, uh, especially with things that going poorly at Tampa Bay and everything. I. And I'm not saying this because it's Ohio State, but I just kind of look at it and question it, and I'm like, I, I, I really don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I, there are definitely worse options out there, I feel, but I can't really say if I feel like it's a good move or just kind of like we're filling a gap that's on our coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like what head coach out there needs a job and we'll, we'll fill it or yeah. with, you know, this, but. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I mean, he did pretty good job at Rutgers. I thought, you know, he would be there a while, but then the whole him to Michigan, you know, was swirling around about eight, nine years ago, and you know, we were, we thought we were going to get him or less miles, and Shiano should have. Part of me thinks he should have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he did. I mean, because guess what? He has, now I think he got a little green and said, no, I'm going to stick with Rutgers, and then he got canned. So and I'm like, all right, well, there you go, dude. <laughs> so Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it pans out. Maybe he'll have an effect. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But then we'll actually uh, – there were the other five schools I didn't see a lot of coaching changes with. Uh, I mean, Michigan we're getting to here in a second, but other – five schools i didn't see a lot of changes so i may have missed something uh but i didn't see any uh major changes head coaches coordinators things like that so the last team to talk about the changes is michigan obviously and the defensive coordinator this was a interesting journey because with how everything was shaking down i mean we were pretty deep into uh the bowl season and it was right before the bowl game wasn't it uh that they that they finally came out and uh said who they were gonna hire and everything when michigan went ahead and hired boston college defensive coordinator don brown now a lot of people were saying that it was kind of like Jim Harbaugh just was like doing his research and he said, okay, who had the best defense this year? Boston College, cool. Let's hire their defensive coordinator. It it was more than that because uh, he spoke with people. He spoke with his dad. He spoke with his brother. um, He got information from other people as well. Do you remember who, was it Belichick? Yeah, it was from Patriots, yep. Yeah, that he got some yep. information from. I mean, everyone he talked yeah. to, his brother, yep, gave him some insight. And I can't remember if all of them said it, but he got it from multiple sources that you know Don Brown is the real deal, and Michigan should hire him. And so that's what they did. With how long it took, I mean, I kind of understand with uh, maybe them taking their time with it and everything. But I how long it was dragging out i honestly thought that they were going to be waiting to pull somebody out from the nfl and so when they when they got somebody from college it really surprised me and really kind of surprised me that was a bigger name but when you look at it and you look at his resume and everything and what he's done at a school like boston college and the success he's had i am looking forward to see what's going to happen because i think he's going to do it's not a guarantee but it's kind of hard to say that after DJ Durkin, how'd you, how do you fill that gap? But I think it was actually an upgrade with Don yeah. Brown. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. 
Well, he has ties to uh, the team we just talked to about is uh, Maryland. And, you know, defensively, he did pretty well. I think he was there for a year, but he he made uh, Maryland, who was nothing, into a top 40 defensive team. So he did really well. And he's known for his past with taking Ivy League teams and making them really, really good defensively. So, and they won championships through him. So he just has a, if you look at his resume, it's all in pretty incredible. And nobody, if we asked football fans, college football fans, who the number one defense is, do you think any, most of them would say Boston college? Yeah. No, they probably say Florida, maybe Michigan, Northwestern, Alabama. I don't know, but they wouldn't say Boston college, but he did. Yeah. So, Yep, he did it. And so uh, we have Don Brown, and great things have been said about him. We're excited about it, and we'll see uh, how things turn out with that. Um, But then uh, Michigan actually lost another member of their coaching staff uh, with the special teams coordinator, and they actually went ahead and filled it from within. Yeah, they lost uh, John Baxter to USC. That's what it was. he, he went to yeah. USC, he took a job out there, and they promoted Partridge, who was the director of player personnel for recruiting and uh, did linebacker coaching for um, the bowl game, actually. And yeah. so they, they were looking to get him a more permanent role with the team, and this was actually the move for it. And so he is now going to be the special teams coordinator and they're really excited about keeping uh, Partridge a part of the Michigan program. So I think that was a good move. I mean, mm-hmm. not not downplaying special teams at all because special teams are always a factor and important and just saying that you can fill it in with anybody. But um, that's not what I'm saying. I, I think they did a good job with it, and uh, I think the – I think the staff was great last year, so it was unfortunate that we had to lose a few people. So filling a position like this from within makes sense to me. Yeah, Partridge is really good. In fact, um, you know, he has a daunting task of getting those linebackers to tackle and get them in there with speed. So he's got a he's got that task ahead of him because we obviously had some issues during the season with that with running backs running all over uh that well, linebacking core so yeah well he took it over for the bowl game and they did a pretty good job yeah, with that well. so yeah they did I don't, well i don't know if i had it right or exactly if he's just going to be the special teams coordinator then or if he's also going to keep his linebackers duty yeah i think he's linebackers and special teams i think he's both but yeah i, I believe you're right yeah. that's yeah that's what I'm recalling, but I kind of don't want to be quoted well, on that. He used to be obviously. Um, Partridge was a head coach at the what the Paramount Paramus Catholic High School, so he's got ties to it, and that's why you, if you would look at Michigan's recruiting process, we got a lot of got New Jersey boys coming in, so he has a lot to do with it. So he's got really good connections to the New Jersey pipeline, so we got a nice little pipeline to them. Nice. which helps us a lot nice that is awesome he's somebody good to keep on and everything so that is the changes that we have found and come across and so with that information out there craig i get have a couple questions for you the main one probably being what do you think was the biggest surprise for coaching changes this year this year yeah 
And you're saying excluding Harbaugh here, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if, we're, we're talking about 2015 um, season. So, like, since we'll we'll say starting in technically, I guess, July, because that's when the Illinois coach, I think, got let go. So, basically, from July until now, what was the biggest thing that you would say in the Big Ten coaching change? Well, I think Durkin was probably the biggest one to Maryland. I think that was – Probably the one that I was shocked about, or I, I thought even out of one year, he's already heading out. And, and at the, not that he took the job, that he took the job in the same, you know, side as we are. And yeah. he's got to he's got to compete with us, and he's got to recruit against us. That's that was the biggest one that I went, wow. That that added was huge. Yeah, it would have been a good hire, but. I, that made it what made me go wow. I was shocked about that one. What was yours? Uh, well, to, before I go into mine, I'll go uh, kind of continue with yours a little bit. I think that one was maybe one of the biggest and best hires for the Big Ten. Oh yeah, I think that was yeah. one maybe maybe the best. My my biggest shock was actually, um, and I wasn't deliberately keeping it with this, uh, something related to Michigan, but the thing that shocked me was Don Brown. I just, okay. I mean, that really just came out of nowhere. Um, and that possibly mm-hmm. could turn out to be the best hire for the Big Ten, uh, for any of the Big Ten coaches this year um, with the potential that he has. But, yeah, it just – nobody was talking about him. That's the thing with Durkin was just like, there was rumor, there was talk. And so when it happened, you're kind of surprised because you thought it was just maybe a rumor. But with Don Brown, there was nothing. There was no whispers. There were no You mean the computers, the laptops went up and the phones went like, Don Brown, click, 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 click. Yeah. (laughs) Who this guy is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I did. Oh, yeah. That's what a lot of people were saying. Like, even the people closest to the Michigan football program, like, when they heard this guy's name, they had to look it up. So that may be um, the most surprising right there, possibly. uh, That's kind of the one that's leading for me. But I'm going to kind of go back uh, to and still kind of mention this. You know, I'm I'm just – it surprises me with Minnesota a little bit. Not going out for a bigger yeah. coach. That I'm. I'm going to go back to those are the two biggest things to me. I think probably Don Brown could, is the biggest. Are you are you saying that the very fact is they could have? Yeah, and they did. They could have gotten a bigger, a better coach or a bigger coach. Yeah, a bigger name. And so I don't know if. Um, and that's the kind of thing too. Is like maybe they tried a little bit and they had like one or two specific people that they wanted to check in with, and they got yeah. um, shut down. But it. It went so quickly into just making Tracy Clays the permanent head coach that I really kind of doubt that they explored their options. So it yeah. just with just with the potential they have and the fact that they're in the West Division, I think the West Division is relatively wide open. Like Wisconsin, you know, they're they're gonna be steady. Wisconsin's gonna be a competitor. I was up and down. I mean, you saw how bad Iowa was last year then how they turn around things this year. So who's to say I was going to be that great next year and Nebraska's teetering back and forth because they've gone through so many changes. So if you're in the West and if you could get a really good coach, I think you could honestly compete for the West pretty quickly. So it, it just really kind of, I feel like they didn't look at the big picture. 
And maybe they're not a big picture kind of school. Uh, I'm not like degrading them for that. Maybe that's just the way that they are. But yeah, I just it, it, that that notion, that perspective that they have just kind of surprised me. No, you're right. And they could have gotten well any uh, kind of offensive coordinator, um, even um, defensive coordinator from some of the bigger schools that did well in the bowl games or higher up teams. You know, they could have done something like that, and they didn't. So I was a little bit surprised about that, and they didn't go out and get any of those. So, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so did you have anything else to add? I think that might kind of be right. No, I just – I think that's – I think that was it. I think you made some good points about uh, Don Brown. We're going to see what he does. I think if he does what I think we both think he will do, this is going to be one heck of an incredible season for Michigan. If we can get that linebacking course short up, we're going to be really tough to beat. Oh, yeah. Just based on all those guys coming back, some of those guys are leaving. I mean, I think who else? Um, Henry, oh, Henry he declared yeah. for the draft. That kind of sucked. You know, we're like, gosh darn it. But, you know, we have a lot of the guys coming back, so which is good. Um, but we'll see. The linebacker thing is going to be the very interesting thing in this whole entire season that Don Brown's just going to have to work on with uh, Partridge is you're going to have new guys. We're going to have brand-new guys because I think most of them are leaving yeah. for the draft, or they probably won't get drafted anyways. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. So uh interesting stuff to watch and it'll be exciting and it sucks that the season just ended but we've got a lot going on and we're gonna keep uh punching out episodes here each week so this was the uh coaching informational episode uh we're gonna be doing some stuff on recruiting here as national signing day is closing in and uh we're gonna review the season maybe do a very early preview of next season and some other stuff so Keep us on your radar. We'll be putting episodes out there. We appreciate you all listening in. Uh, This has been the Blue Brothers Sportscast. You can email us at bluebrothersportscast at gmail.com. You can also find us and talk with us on Twitter at bluebros underscore and our name. So that is B-L-U-E-B-R-O-S underscore C-A-L-E-B for me and C-R-A-I-G for Craig. We hope you all have a good week. And as always, go blue. Go blue.